So as we begin this period of sitting practice, just take the first moment or two to acknowledge to acknowledge how you experience the environment. Just feel the environment, feeling the temperature. Know that this is feeling hot or humid, warm or cool, however you experience it. And also take notice of the ambient sound in the room and the occasional sounds of others' movement in the room. Taking note of how you experience the ambient humidity of the room. And we do this because these are ongoing experiences or recurring experiences that we'll have in the sitting. And we don't want to be unaware of them. And just as we take note of the external environment, we also want to take note of the uh, the environment within the body. How's the body feeling? Is there a sense of lightness or heaviness? Is there a sense of ease in the body or a sense of feeling burdened by the body? Just take note of how you experience the body generally as a whole in the sitting posture. Just as we take note of the external environment and the internal physical environment, we also want to be aware of and take note of the environment of the mind. How is the mind this morning? Is there an ambient feeling of excitement? Or an ambient feeling of dread? Curiosity? Is there a lightness to the mind or a heaviness of the mind? A stiffness or an agility? Just get a sense of how the mind is this morning. Now that we've taken the pulse of the environment within which we are sitting and practicing, it's often helpful at the beginning of a practice period, whether it's the beginning of the sitting or the beginning of a retreat, to have a primary object for your attention. And for many of you, it'll be the breath, something that you're familiar with. And wherever you experience the breath, whether it's the nostrils or the belly, chest, let that be the primary object, the place you direct your attention to when you initiate this period of mindfulness practice. 
Again, we're not trying to control the breath. We're not trying to make anything special happen. We just want to remember to be aware of and to recognize the experience of the breath as it happens. So when you're breathing in and you feel that movement in the body or those sensations at the nostrils, know that you're breathing in. When you breathe out and you feel that movement in the body or those sensations in the body, know that you're breathing out. And one way to know that you know, to take note, is to label your experience. Breathing in, in. When breathing out, out. Just this hint of sub-vocalization of what it is that is being experienced in this moment. We don't need to explain it or figure it out or create a narrative out of our noting. We just need to recognize and remember to recognize what it is that's being experienced. Others of you may use the posture for your primary (coughs) object to take note of, or others of you may have other primary objects, but we use them all in the same way. We attend to them with a careful precision of mind, recognizing when they occur and what they feel like. We're not trying to create any experience. We're not trying to get rid of any experience. We just want to remember to recognize what this experience is in this moment. Now, even though we may be directing our attention to a primary object, there will be times in the sitting where you're not attending to the primary object, but you're noticing something else. Often strong sensations in the body call our attention away from the primary object. And when they do, we want to be fully with and remember to recognize the quality of these sensations, numbness or aching or heaviness or discomfort, because that is what's happening in this moment. That is what is being known. And so we don't want to just avoid it, deny it, dismiss it, but remember to recognize it. It's already being known. Recognize that. Or sometimes you'll notice that the mind is just spaced out, it's forgotten to pay attention, or it's wandering in thought, it's on a long train of thought to nowhere. When that is recognized, or when you come out of it, recognize that. Oh, the mind's thinking, or this is planning, this is remembering. This is judging. Whatever it is that has been going on or is going on, remember to recognize it. So whatever happens, whatever you experience in the body, the mind, the environment is okay, 
it's fine, it arises due to its own causes and conditions. Our practice of awareness is to remember to recognize it. That's all. We don't need to evaluate it or judge it as good or bad or that we're good or bad for experiencing this. It just is the way it is. And that's what we want to recognize. This is the way it is for now. Breathing in is like this. Breathing out is like that. Hearing the ambient sound of the room is like that. So whatever the attention is drawn to, remember to recognize that. And see if you can do this with a relaxed attitude of mind. We don't need to pounce on the present moment's experience. We don't need to be hyper vigilant in order to catch it quickly. We just need to relax in the body, relax in the mind, and notice. And while noticing, remember to recognize what is being noticed. So monitor the energy or the effort that you're making in your practice. Remember how easy it is to recognize the sensations in your right hand. That's all the effort you need to make in any particular moment. If you're making more effort than that, notice what you're trying to do. Notice that there might be a sense of struggle or disliking what you're experiencing, trying to get away from it. Recognize that. Remember to recognize whatever has called your attention. It's okay to notice whatever you notice, but remember to recognize it. If you get confused, bewildered, lost, spaced out, spaced in, just start over. Feel the body sitting, find the primary object, and establish a continuity of awareness again. So just do the best you can without struggling let that be good enough.
remember to recognize your present moment experience. We don't need to struggle with it. We just need to recognize it. If you feel sleepy, open your eyes or stand up. If you feel restless in the body, relax. Don't try so hard. Check to see that the body's relaxed. The mind has no agenda other than to recognize the present moment. Keep your practice very simple. Refresh your attention periodically.
that's it. Practice now for nine days. Let me know how it goes. So the instructions are pretty simple. You know, just notice what's going on. Recognize it. How did it go? What did you notice? Anything? At the end of the sitting, the staff are permitted to leave because they have to get to work to take care of us. Um, so we let them walk out. Okay, survey. How many noticed the breath? How many noticed other body sensations? How many of them were pleasant? How many of them were unpleasant? (laughs) And did you notice the mind? How many had a restless mind at some time? Hmm? How many had great peace and tranquility for most of the sitting? Good, okay. Just another thing to be noted. Just just notice, nothing special. Anything else? Anything? Any, did you experience anything that you couldn't be aware of? <laughs> Just checking, you know. <laughs> did you experience anything that you thought was wrong, like, I shouldn't be experiencing this? You did? What? Ah. Maybe I didn't want to. You didn't want to experience something. Yeah. Was it unpleasant? Yes. Mentally, physically, emotionally? Physically. Physically unpleasant. This is, this is quite common, isn't it? You know, when some unpleasant experience arises in the body, we, we, we don't like it. We'd rather not pay attention to that. We'd rather just kind of stay with the breath or something that's nice and easy. But when the body gets uncomfortable at some place, you, you, you don't have to... I mean, it, your mind will notice it, won't it? It just notices it. It's not like you have to try to notice it. You don't have to direct your mind to notice it. You don't have to do anything special. You just have to recognize, oh, this is what's being known. Huh? So the, the challenge for us is to be willing. And this is a good attitude of mind to check, to see, are you willing to acknowledge what is being known? Are you willing to? It's unpleasant. Are you willing to acknowledge that? Okay. Because if we aren't, then we struggle with it. We struggle, we, try, we squirm, we try to get away from it. We move our body like this, we move our mind like that. We're just like, you know, and we're still feeling it. It'd be better to just say, okay, I don't like it. It's really unpleasant, but that's the way it is for now. Let me just, let me just grok it. Let me just kind of, okay, that's it. There. Got it. Anything else? unpleasant experience this morning? I struggled with whether to adjust, take my shawl on, take it off, move the leg, and when to make those choices. 
So there was, there was some consideration in your mind, you know, am I too hot? Should I take off the shawl? Should I adjust my legs? Should I, is the body too uncomfortable? Do I need to make... Hmm? Okay, so what, what, was, what was being known? What, what, were you being, what were you knowing at that time? Discomfort. Discomfort. Did you, were you able to kind of recognize it? You were able to remember it, to be aware of it? Not just to be discomforted, but to recognize, oh, this is what's being known. Discomfort's being known. Yeah. And then when you started thinking about, gee, should I move? Should I, should I put my shawl on, take my shawl off? Should I adjust my posture? Did you notice, did you remember to notice that deciding was happening? You know, the mind was considering, considering whether to do something. Oh, considering's happening. Yeah. Did you feel uncomfortable with being too hot? Yeah. Did you notice, were you able to be aware of, oh, this is unpleasant, you know, it's, it, this is the experience of heat. It's unpleasant. So anything, I'm, I'm just using what you said for an example, anything you experience, anything, physical, mental, emotional, internal, external, the mind, when the mind knows it, just recognize that. That's it. That's practice. You don't have to try to stay with the breath or anything else. Just recognize, oh, this is what's being known. It's already being known. You don't have to try to avoid it or try to know something else. Just be with what is being known already. Because then we stop struggling, right? We just stop struggling with trying to make something special happen, like stay with the breath, or trying to make something not special happen, like get rid of that pain. It's like, it just is the way it is. The, the, the mind will know everything if we let it. So the question is, are the instructions to stay with the breath or are the instructions to stay with an open awareness and notice what's happening and periodically come back to the breath? Right? Does anybody else have that question in your mind? What's the answer? Okay, now you have to think, you have to think this through for yourself. Now I've given you all the instructions. You know, we gotta, we got to kind of, because I'm not going to be there for you to ask me the question every time, you know. So when it's happening in your sitting, and you're going, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to stay with the breath? Or, geez, I'm noticing these other things. Am I supposed to be noticing these other things? What? <laughs> What's happening right then? What's being known right then? Confusion. Confusion. Oh, confusion's being known. Oh, that's good. Confusion's being known. Doubt about what the instructions are. Doubt about the instructions. Oh, that's what's being known. Okay. Once you, once you, once you get it, that's it. That's being aware of what's actually going on. Right? Okay. And it doesn't matter. You can stay with the breath. You can stay with open awareness. You can be with open awareness and periodically go back to the breath. There's no, there's no wrong way to do it. Sleepiness. Sleepiness. Sleepiness is being known and then maybe not so much known. Yeah. <laughs> That's when we're knowing snoring is being known. <laughs> Anybody else have sleepiness this morning? 
Just turn around, just take a look. Just, uh, just like, yeah, okay. Uh, first of all, it is totally normal to feel sleepiness. Don't struggle with it. Don't struggle with sleepiness. That's just the way it is. Now, the challenge is how not to mash your face into the floor, right? <laughs> right? Or the person in front of you, right? Okay, so that's the problem. That's the issue. But the sleepiness, don't, don't make sleepiness a problem. This is just another experience being known. What's the nature of sleepiness? We pay attention to experience in order to understand it, to know it, to really understand what's the nature of sleepiness. Or I might have asked, uh, might have asked you, what's the nature of this physical discomfort? Or what's the nature of, of, of doubt? So what is the nature of sleepiness? We all, I mean, all of you that raised your hand observed something. What did you observe? That's why we pay attention. Okay, I'm going to, I'll get to you, but that's why we observe, so that we can answer the question, what is the nature of this experience? What is the nature of sleepiness? What is the nature of pain in the body? What is the nature of doubt in the mind? And then if we, when it arises, it's not a problem that these, this is the experience we're having. This is the experience that's arisen. What can we learn about it? So what's the nature of sleepiness? Heaviness, cloudiness. Heaviness where? So in the body? In the body. Okay. Um, fuzziness, cloudiness. Fuzziness in the mind? Yeah, like, um, like honey. Like, not, like honey. Not agile. Sweet? Wait. Well, no, not agile. Thick. Yeah, thick, gooey. Gooey, mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Kind of something to get stuck in. Yeah. Sticky. Like a blanket. Yeah, mm. okay. So that's good. So now you're beginning to get the nature, the physical nature of sleepiness. Oh, there's a heaviness. The mental nature of sleepiness is there's a sluggish, heavy, stickiness. Hmm? Keep paying attention. There's a lot more. We all have to learn how to write, a, uh, write an essay about sleepiness before the re- end of the retreat. You know? And you can only know that, you can only write that if you've actually observed what the nature of sleepiness is. So I encourage you to don't struggle with sleepiness. Don't try to just get rid of it. Don't just kind of struggle with it. Learn about it. How do you learn? By observing. Anything else? So um, it's called insight. Insight. Meditation. Yeah. So, so you get an insight. Yeah. So how much time do you spend on what you think is a good insight? Okay. <laughs> so this is insight meditation. We're just sitting here minding our own business. And our mind starts having these insights, right? Like what? Something that moves your heart. Okay, great. So I'm am just going to guess, you know, and and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you know, so something happens in your heart, in your mind, and you feel, uh, I'm going to say, let's say we feel elated, or we feel excited, and we go. Wow. Hey, I get it. I get it. I, I didn't realize it was like that. Oh, okay. Right? For example. What's being known? Oh, elation's being known. Or wonder is being known. Amazement is being known. Shame is being known. Disgust is being known. Whatever, whatever your insight is, that's it. When it arises, got it. 
You don't have to. You don't have to stay there and massage it for half an hour. You've already got it. You know. You've already flicked the switch in the mind. The mind has already been, has already grokked it, so to speak. Does everybody know what the word grok means? Okay. Back when I was a youth, <laughs> there was a book called uh, Stranger in Strange Land. And to grok something means to really get it. To really, I got it. Okay. When you, when you spend time with something, you really take it in, you really get it, you grok it. So, you know, the mind groks things really like, just like that. As soon as you see it, boom. You don't have to spend any more time with it, with that insight. You don't have to make plans of how you're going to act it out in the future, or what you're going to, who you're going to tell, all that. You don't have to do any of that. You've already got it. Yeah. And there are a lot more insights. If we hang on to the first insight that we have, we'll miss the other 9,999,099. There's a lot to be seen. So don't hang on to any one insight. Just say, got it, grokked it. Next. <laughs> like that. Anything else we should talk about this morning? Oh, yeah. You know, um, some of you will come in and bow, and some of you may notice that we bow. Sometimes we stand up and do this. Sometimes we'll do three, three bows to the Buddha. Sometimes we do one bow, we do a couple of bounces when we're down there. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's, there's all kinds of ways that, that people bow or don't bow or pretend to bow or make some acknowledgement or kind of wonder, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, it's like what everybody else is doing. Uh, you know, when I first went to Burma in the, in, to the monastery with the, to, to practice with a teacher that I knew there, Upandita, Sairi Upandita, uh, I saw everybody bowing to him. And in Burma, you know, the monks are like kings. And everybody bows to them. Every time they go into a room with a monk there, you bow. Every time you go into a room with a Buddha rupa like this, a Buddha statue, they bow three times, down on their hands and knees. And uh, I said to him, I said, hey, what's, in, in polite language, I said, hey, what's up? Everybody's bowing. What's this all about? And he said, oh, some people find it a useful thing to do, and um, it's a practice for them, he says. And I said, well, am I supposed to bow to you or something? He said, no, no. He said, no. If it's not a practice for you, don't do it. Don't do something just because it's a ritual, a meaningless gesture that has nothing of value to you, other than, oh, everybody else is doing it. But, but if it's a practice for you to bow to the Buddha, to uh, take refuge in the Buddha, take refuge in the Dharma, take refuge in the Sangha, or to express your devotion to the Buddha, or something like that, or just as a reminder, may I please remember that I'm bowing Okay, may I please remember again that I'm bowing. <laughs> okay, whatever it is. You know, if it's a mindfulness practice, then do it. If it's just a meaningless ritual, don't. Okay? What, what did you say? Totally appropriate. This is one of those situations where Emergency. Go. No, no problem. No problem. Whenever things like that happen, no problem. No judgment. <clears throat> so, there's now time for walking period, and you'll see that throughout the day there's just sitting and walking periods. Um, some people think that the real meditation is sitting with your eyes closed. 
other people know that the real meditation is walking. What kind are you? What do you know? <laughs> so uh, the walking period is not recess. It's not the time between the real work of sitting. It's a, an activity. It's a, it's a kind of practice where we're learning to be mindfully aware while moving and with our eyes open. It's not just to, it's not a walking practice so much as an awareness practice. It's awareness in activity. So bring or take, keep your awareness with you just as you had awareness or were cult trying to cultivate the awareness of sitting and what's going on in the mind and the body while sitting, do the same while walking. So when we get up to walk, go find a place to walk inside or out where you can walk back and forth 15 or 20 steps and just walk, just walk. And just like in the sitting practice, you're watching the breath maybe. In the walking practice, just notice the movements of the body, movements of the legs particularly. Just notice and see if you can be aware when you're stepping with your left foot, when you're stepping with your right foot, when you're lifting your foot or placing your foot, and when the mind becomes distracted with seeing someone else or listening to the birds or whatever it is that it becomes aware of other than the walking experience, remember to recognize that. Okay? Remember to recognize whatever the mind is attending to. And then you can come back to the walking uh, sensations or the experience in the legs or the walking sensations and begin again. In this way, we, we want to gradually um, uh, learn how to sustain the attention from moment to moment. If it's on the walking, fine. If it's noticing seeing, fine. If it's noticing hearing, fine doesn't really matter what we're aware of. It's the continuity that we want to be cultivating. Okay? And that's all the instructions I'll give you for now. But at the end of the next sitting, please come to the next sitting. At the end of that, and Kamala will end that sitting a little early, she will offer more extensive uh, instructions on the walking practice. And from all the reports I've heard, it's really good. <laughs> Really? You know, so even if you've done a lot of walking, of course we've all done a lot of walking, but have you been aware of all this walking you've been doing in your life? <clears throat> Kamala will tell you how. Let me see, what else do we got? Oh yeah. Some of you, there, there are uh, 40 of you that are here with special conditions. You have an additional teaching to learn from. You're, you're, you have the, the best opportunity. And it's those of you who are in double rooms or have a roommate. Because the rest of us, we have our own room. And when we close the door to that room, we leave our mindfulness outside. <laughs> yeah? You know, because, hey, you just close the door. Nobody can see you. It's like flop on the bed, look in the mirror, do whatever you want, move around mindlessly. It's just like you can be careless. You can just like forget it. But those who have roommate can't. <laughs> now you got this roommate kind of watching you. It's like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> okay, now I gotta be careful. I gotta be mindful even in my room. Oh my God. That's good. 
You may not know it yet, but at the end of the retreat, you'll want to thank your roommate for, for helping you be mindfully aware of more. Upandita, our teacher in Burma, we all, we all practice Upandita. <clears throat> when he went to practice, he, when he went, he was a monk, when he finally went to practice at the meditation center to do his <clears throat> meditation, he was, he was, he's fierce. He's a fierce, fiery guy. He's just got a tremendous amount of energy. But they put him in a room with another monk who was not fierce and fiery, was very lazy. And he just slept all day. And, not, and when he slept, he snored. And so the, for the first few days, Saito was so upset. He was so angry and he was so critical and he was so judgmental of this other person. He was just getting himself into a real stew, a real fit. And then he realized, you know, what that, what that other monk is doing is not my practice. That's his practice. And so he said, I've got to do my own practice. And so he just made the sound of snoring the object for his meditation. And it was the key for him to really deepen the continuity and the concentration and doorway to liberation. Now, I'm not kidding. This is, he tells the story on himself. It's, and if you knew Saito Upandita, you wouldn't want to be caught snoring with <laughs> But nevertheless, for him, it was a source of great motivation in his practice. So whatever your roommate is doing to help you become mindful, <laughs> thank them for it. Um, one last notice. This afternoon at... Three o'clock. There'll be a sitting from 2.15 to 3. And at 3 o'clock, there are some of you who are doing your first retreat here. There's about 10 of you doing your first retreat. And there are a bunch of you that are here at IMS for the first time. Maybe you've done another short retreat somewhere. Uh, or at IMS for the first time. I'd like to meet with the group of you who are here for the first time or who are doing your first retreat. Upstairs there's a room, a larger room at the end of the hallway. You go up the stairs and around the hallway. Uh, down at the end of the hallway, room 201, there's a, a large uh, room with easy chairs and things like that in it. And I'd like to meet with that group of you up there. It's room 200. You know, they, they keep changing these things on me. Dang. <laughs> it used to be, what? It's room 200. Okay, room 200. It used to be 201 or 102 or... 101, 101, is that memory gone? Okay, so I'd like to meet with that group of you at three o'clock, okay? Three o'clock, we just check in how it's going and catch up with your instructions, things like that. Steve, can you announce to be in the hall at this sitting? Yeah, so uh, some of you who've been on many retreats know that you get into your own rhythm, your own schedule, but we'd like to ask everyone to be here at this sitting every day where we're offering the instructions, questions and answers. And it'll be at the end of the sitting where we offer any announcements that have to be made each day. So it's important that you come each day and hear the announcements. And then there's uh, the evening Dharma talk at 7.30. We'd like you all to be there for that. And in the afternoons, not today, but starting probably tomorrow, there'll be a guided uh, meditation. We'd like you to all be there for that. These are the instructional sittings of the retreat. And it's important, since you're here for this retreat, to come for the instruction. Yeah. That's good.
345. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Last question. Kamala will be doing the walking instructions at the end of the next sitting. So there's a sitting now, I mean, there's a walking now till 10 o'clock, and there's a sitting at 10. She'll end that sitting early, after 30 minutes, 35 minutes, <clears throat> and give you a longer, more detailed instructions in walking. Okay? Okay. Have a wonderful day practicing. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.